that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. This was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them gave them power to become the children of God. To those who believe on his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. Praise the Lord. And this is talking about Jesus. John the Apostle is writing about Jesus. And, and when it says the word, is taken from the Greek word, which means logos, it's talking about the Lord. It's talking about the Lord God. Because we understand that Jesus um, did not exist just on Christmas Day, but he existed long before he existed in heaven. When you read um, Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Jesus is there creating the heavens and the earth. Amen. Amen. And so this is the thing that we want to remind folks that he is fully God as well as fully human. He's divine and human. Praise the Lord. And it says here that he was with God in the beginning and he was, everything was created by him and nothing was made that he did not make. Okay? And it says he is life. See, he, he was life, he still is. He was life. And he's like, and that's the thing that, that we want to get across to our friends and neighbors and relatives and strangers, that the life and the light, light represents righteousness and information, all right? And all that is in Jesus. Amen. It's in Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the son of the living God, and he's full of glory. He did all the work. He did everything to provide salvation for you and me. The scripture teaches us that um, John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He is God's Lamb. Yes. Now when you, when you consider um, Passover, and when you consider the Day of Atonement, right, and the sacrifices are made during Passover, the people are coming out of Egypt, and the angel of death was going to come, about, come around and kill all the firstborn in every household except for those who had the blood of the Passover lamb on their doorposts and lentils. And the beauty of this thing is that it doesn't matter who you were, right? If the Egyptians were in the house that had the blood on it, they would be, the angel of death would pass over them, right? Passover was just celebrated recently, and, and the blood of the lamb was there to protect the people. All those who obeyed Moses and put the blood on their doorposts and the lentils were saved. Mm -hmm. They were delivered. They were rescued. They avoided the death. But those who did not obey, those who did not obey, received death in that household. And that's a horrible thing. I can't imagine what it was like back in that day for the Egyptians and the disobedient for those that had their firstborn to die. Mm -hmm. Firstborn in every household. Right? What kind of sacrifice is that? It wasn't really a sacrifice. It was more of a sentence. Mm -hmm. Right? Of disobedience. But we thank God that the Lord himself 
provides a lamb for us. Amen. And the lamb that he provided for us is Jesus the Christ, his only begotten son. Amen. See, during the Day of Atonement, the people had to make a sacrifice, right? And the Day of Atonement, the high priest would come in, he would get himself together, clean himself up, put on the right garments, and make a sacrifice for himself. And then go into the Holy of Holies. I want you to imagine a room on the back side of the temple where only one person could go in there one time a year. And in that room was the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is like a, it's set up like a throne that represented the presence of the Lord. It was not the Lord. It was not to be worshipped. It, it just represented his presence. Okay? And, and they would carry the ark through the wilderness. They would carry the ark after it was created in the wilderness. They would carry it, you know, across Jordan and, and wherever they went. And in the temple, I mean, in the tabernacles during the time they was in the wilderness, the ark was there. And in the temple, when the temple was built, they would put the ark in the temple. And the high priest, a descendant of Aaron, would go in there once a year to make sacrifice for the people so their sins could be covered. Now you know what sin is. We said that sin means you missed the mark. You missed it. It's an archery term. We use this all the time. It means that you missed. Oh, you tried and did your best, but you missed. Okay? You got close, you got close, but you missed. Right? It's like like marksmen who miss. Like basketball players who miss. You know, you try, you do your best, you practice, but you still miss. Right? Why you miss? Because you're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. We've all missed the mark. We've all failed to meet the standard of God's righteousness. And guess what? Your religion can't get you there. No, it can't. No matter what religion, denomination, sect, creed, whatever you practice, it won't get you there. You will not be able to meet the standard of God's holiness, of God's righteousness, of God's excellence. You can't meet it through religion or any of our practices. The only way you can meet it is through Jesus Christ. And see, what happens is that Jesus paid the price. He, he did everything. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law. And he made it so that you and I don't have to do all that work to be righteous, to be saved, to be rescued. We don't have to do all those things because he did all the work. So on the day of atonement, the high priest would go in and the, and the people's sins would be covered. The people's sins would be covered. But guess what? Next year, he has to do it again. <laughs> and then the following year, he has to do it again. And then if he dies off, you get another high priest. And that person has to go in there and do it again. And it's a continual thing. And it's over and over because the sins were only covered. I like to use the illustration of the tablecloth. Okay? You go to, I go to a banquet. You know, and we, you know, be serving nice food. Go on the banquet, pay all that money to be there. It's a fundraiser, so, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. And then because I'm, nosy, because I'm nosy, I lift up the tablecloth and take a look. And underneath that tablecloth is a beat-up rabbit on the table. On top of the table is the tablecloth, 
and all the fixings and the plates and the settings and the stuff looked very nice. But underneath this piece of rag, I mean, a, a piece of piece of raggedy looking wood. What am I saying? That's how the, that's how atonement is. Atonement just covers the faults. It covers the sins. It, it just puts a shield between you and the sin, but the sin is still there. What we need is Jesus to remove sin from us. Okay? Listen. The scripture says, the soul that sins shall die. Right? And God told Adam, in the day you eat of the fruit that I told you not to eat of, you will surely die. Right? The scripture says, um, the wages of sin is death. But thankfully, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what are we saying? We're saying that we celebrate Jesus. We are so pleased. We're so pleased to tell you that Jesus has set a remedy. He was the remedy for our sin problem. We all are born in sin and come short of the glory of God. We're all shaped in iniquity. We're all natural born sinners. And we all have a problem. We're born with a problem. And the problem is sin and our separation from God. Right? And the remedy for sin came through Jesus Christ. Now here's what happened. I like to talk about this around Christmas time too. Sin is a problem. Father after sin, and we all became sinners after that. Because we all inherit the sin. You know, just like we inherit the genes from our biological parents, we all inherit that sin from Father Adam, who's our biological father, by the way. Okay? We all inherit that sin. And so here's what happened. To fix the sin problem, um, at that one time, there were sacrifices, animal sacrifices in the Old Testament, where an innocent animal who knew no sin will die for the sinner. Okay? So the sin of the sinner could be covered. Alright? So that sinner would not have to pay the penalty for his or her sin. They made animal sacrifices. Okay? Now, but that wasn't the remedy. That was just like a little pause, a little stay of execution. You know? But that wasn't the remedy. The remedy came because God said, and he did this a long time ago, he didn't just make this up on the run. You know, from the foundations of the world, he knew everything that's going to happen. And the Lord set it up so that he himself was going to fix this. Listen to what I'm saying. You sin, I sin, everybody has sinned, right? Your mama sinned. Nana even sinned, right? Everybody, Papa, the Reverend, everybody has sinned. And nobody can fix the sin. God is going to, God has fixed it himself. He himself fixed it. Right? Not by declaring you're all free. You know, snap his, fan, snap his fingers, clap his hands, say, all right, you're all good. No, no, no. He fixed it. He provided the lamb. He provided his lamb. Right? Not one growing up in the wilderness. Not one growing up on the farm or, in, or at the zoo. He provided his own lamb. He provided his own lamb to to, set, to shed his blood for our sin. 
And matter of fact, here's what, here's what happened. The Lord, God himself fixed it. See, it's a sin problem. God has to fix it. He fixed it himself. And he himself came in the flesh. It says the word was with God, the word was God, and the word was God. Okay? So he himself, the scripture says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He himself came here to fix the sin problem. Born of a virgin, mm -hmm. which is miraculous, right? Grew up in the time, just like you and I grew up fully human, fully divine, fully human. The same thing, the stuff that you go through in life, the same bodily functions, he has to eat, he has to sleep, he has to grow and mature, he has to learn, he has to pick up a skill, he had to do all those things that you and I have to do. All the time, knowing that he is the Son of God. So, listen. The Trinity is God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Yet there's only one God. I understand you have a problem with the math. But don't worry about it. God is a spirit. And because God is a spirit, God could be manifested in three different persons. Okay? Because a spirit is not limited to your physical body. Now you and I can only be in one place at a time. I could be here. I could talk to people around the world from this spot, but I can't be there. I can only be in one spot. Okay? God is not limited like that. So the sun, the sun came into the world. The sun came into the world and grew up and at the right time he 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 did all these miracles. Remember? He 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 turned water into wine. We talked about this in Bible study. He he did um, he healed the sick he raised dead people. He gave sight to the blind. Opened up deaf ears. Uh huh. He walked on water. He calmed the seas. He rebuked the devil. He cast devils out of people. He did all these things. He even fed a stadium-sized crowd with a little boy's lunch. Actually, he did that a couple times. All right. He did all these things, but none of it would matter if he had not gone to the cross for us. He went to the cross. He willingly laid down his life. And he said, nobody takes it. I lay it down. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it back up. I love quoting that, y'all. You'll know that. <laughs> <laughs> My Jesus is a bad fellow. <laughs> He's tough. Right? He has power to lay it down. He has power to pick it back up. He stood in front of the temple and said, destroy this, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. And they thought he was talking about the building behind him. And folks got all upset with him. Okay? But he laid down his life even while he was on the cross. He did not die until he was ready. You hear what I'm saying? He said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Even while he was on the cross, he did not die until he was ready. And then when he was ready, he gave up the ghost. See what I'm saying? You know, we, we talk about him being executed, and he was executed, right? But he, he gave up the ghost when he, on his terms. But none of that would matter, of course, unless he had risen from the dead. And he arose from the dead on the third day, just like he said. All right? And that's why we have life today. That's why you and I, who are, who are born in sin, can go to him in faith and have our sins forgiven, have our sins separated from us. 
right? And we can be dead to sin, like it says in Romans. Death means separation. We can have our sins separated from us. And we can live in this life, and we can live and do our best and struggle. And we even fail sometimes, not that we want to. But we can go through this life because of what Jesus has done for us. Right? Jesus gave us a new start. He made us new creations. He, he gave us the authority to be called the sons and daughters of God. See? And guess what? It says that, that um, there's going to come a time that he's even going to come back for us. Okay? He's going to separate us from our, he's separated from our sins. Right? That means we're separated from judgment of sin. The judgment of sin is not on you. I'll talk to the believers now. Yes. The condemnation of sin, that guilty conscience of sin, that bad feeling that you have because you know you've done wrong. I'm not talking about conviction. I'm talking about condemnation. You're not condemned. The condemnation is taken from you. Right? The power, the power that sin had over you, the power that the enemy had over you to cause you to do things that, 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 that I can't help it. You know what I'm talking about. The compulsion, the compulsion to sin is not on you. It doesn't have power over you. Now there are some folks, there are some church folk, and there are some Christian folk who are struggling in certain areas, right? But you're struggling, but the Lord is going to bring you through it. He'll bring you through it. Yes. Drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, the Lord God will bring you through it. Because Satan does not have power over you. Okay? Listen. And, and one day, you'll be removed from the presence of sin. The sin that's in the world, and the sin that's all around you, and you're doing your best to stay clean, and all this stuff. You're not, one day, you're not even going to worry about that, because you're going to be removed from the presence of sin. The scripture says, What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, or the children of God? Right? Therefore, the world doesn't know us, they, the world does not acknowledge us as sons and daughters of God. No, it doesn't. It doesn't acknowledge us that way because it did not know him or acknowledge him. Right? But the scripture says that, that when we see him, when he comes, we're going to see him and we're going to be just like him. We're going to be like Jesus. However Jesus is right now, we're going to be like that with him. Okay? Because we are the sons. Now we're the sons of God. Does not yet appear what we shall be, but when we see him, we shall be just like him. We will see him as he is, and we're going to be just like him. Okay? So we have some stuff to look forward to. We have, as a believer, we have a hope that goes beyond the grave. You know, when we lose a loved one, and we all eventually or already has lost someone, right? And we're separated from that person. That's what death is, separation. We're separated from that person. You know, the body is left here, but the person is gone, okay? Well, there's gonna come a day where there's not gonna be any more separations. The last separation is gonna be when we're separated from the world, okay? But all that's provided through Jesus Christ because of who he is and what he has done and the power that he has 
and what he has shared with us, we can, we have all this thing, we have all this going for us. Okay. Let me read another scripture to you out of Philippians chapter two. You know, folks who know me know I have uh, favorite verses. And I appreciate the way you indulge me. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, in other words, being the same essence of God, or actually being God, did not consider it robbery or something to behold, something to grasp, to be equal with God. In other words, the Son is equal with the Father. That's the, that's the charge that the religious leaders made against him. He called himself the Son of God. And so they say he blasphemed because man can't be equal with God. And religion will tell you that God doesn't have any sons. But made himself no reputation. In other words, he emptied himself out and took on the form of a bondservant. And coming in the likeness of men or human beings, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself, or it could, it could have said he further humbled himself, and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross. Not just any old death, but the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow of things in heaven, and those things on earth, and those and those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What are we saying here? We're saying here that He is the Son of He is God. It wasn't something to behold, something to grasp, because He already had it. Alright, He already had that. But it says he made of himself no reputation. He emptied himself out. Even the way he came, right? Think about it. He, he came, he came um, to a relatively poor family. Okay? He didn't come with any fanfare. There was no celebration. Well, there was a celebration. I'll take that back because the angels celebrated it. And so did the shepherds, right? But he came, kind of, he came in the world quietly. Quietly. He didn't show up like a celebrity. You let one of those royals show up in East Orange and see all the fanfare and all the stuff that happens. Alright? You know, it, it'll be big, you know. But Jesus didn't come that way. He made himself no reputation. He didn't draw attention to himself. Even even when he was at that wedding and his mother was present and, and the folks ran out of wine and mom came to Jesus and said they ran out of wine. And so many words he said, What do I have? You know, you know, you know, send somebody out to home liquors and get some wine. <laughs> he said, he said, my time is not yet. Mm. But because that's his mama. <laughs> if your mama asks you stuff, I hope you do it for her too. Right? He said, my time is not yet. And so he, he got the water pots and he did the thing and he turned the water into wine. You know, the water pots were where he used to wash their hands. So he took the dirty water and turned it into wine. But anyhow, I'm sorry. He 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 he, he did he did things like he tried to avoid the crowd. 
Okay? He would get up early in the morning and sneak out the house, go up to the mountain so he could pray. And the folks would find out where he is and the crowds would just come. When we look at the Sermon on the Mount, it says, seeing the crowd, seeing the multitude, he went up into the mountains. He didn't go up into the mountains to have a good place to teach. He's trying to get away from the noise and the people. And all that followed him. He was not trying to have a large fanfare or following until he came into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday. All right? He would heal people and say, don't tell anybody. Which I find Jesus now. Come on, Jesus. Be serious. <laughs> you come. The brother is got sight down. And you tell him not to tell. <laughs> oh my God. You know he's going to tell everybody. You know, the lame man is walking. You know, the, the guy, he delivered the demons. The guy had demons. They called themselves Legion. And he, and he delivered that man of all those demons. And the man wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, no, just go home. Right? He wasn't trying to draw attention to himself. And at some point, when he got more disciples than John the Baptist, he said, let's get out of town. He left. Right? He left. Because he was drawing more disciples than John the Baptist. Here's what I'm trying to say. He did not, he made of himself no reputation. And even though he had a reputation as the man or as a prophet, he still, he still humbled himself and kept it on the down low as much as possible. Now come on, now you, you and I know that if we had a crowd following one of us with a microphone, everybody would know. <laughs> you know it's true. We're not keeping on the down low. We're trying to get more people, more people, more money, more stuff, more. We want more, more, and more, and more. And Jesus was not that kind of preacher. No, he wasn't. So, but listen. But it says that he submitted. He humbled himself to the point of death. He submitted. He submitted to the authority, to the, to the to the worldly authority, he submitted to that authority, to the high priests, to the Sanhedrin, to the Roman governor. He submitted to this authority. You know, Pilate had the nerve to ask him, don't you know I have the power of life and death? He said that to Jesus. He said that to the Son of the living God. He said that to the Creator, to the one that gave him life. And of course, Jesus was really cool about it. He said, you wouldn't have anything unless it was given to you. Amen? Amen. 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 Everybody else has any authority anybody has, it was given to them. The authority that Jesus has is his. It's innate. It's already his. It wasn't given to him. It was his. Right? So anyhow, here's what we're saying. We're saying that he, he, gave, up, he gave himself over. He yielded over. He humbled himself. He allowed himself to be executed. He allowed them to falsely accuse him. He allowed them to abuse him and to um, to to call, call him names, to, to cause punishment on him. He allowed the people. He allowed the people, right? He allowed them to curse him and abuse him and deprive him and take away all that's his that he thought that was his you know all the physical stuff that was his 
including his, he allowed them to execute him. He allowed all this stuff. Why? Because the scripture says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him, because on the other side of this experience, on the other side of this horrible cross experience, and we don't have time to talk about how terrible the cross, y'all need to Google the cross one day. Google execution by cross and see how horrible it is, right? And the people, when you see it on the movies and TV, they really can't show the real thing, right? Because nobody would pay to see that. They really can't show the real thing. So, because on the other side of that cross was joy. On the other side of that cross was resurrection. The other side of the cross was you and me and folk like us becoming Christian, becoming saved men and women and children. He knew that he was obeying the Father. He knew that it was not, he said, not my will, but your will be done. He knew these things. He knew that what he was doing was the will of the Father. And he went through all those things. In the, um, Isaiah 53, it said, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. In other words, it appeased God. And that's why we celebrate the resurrection. And we don't wait till Easter Sunday to celebrate it. <laughs> we celebrate every Sunday. We don't wait till Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every day because that's where our life source is. He's given us life. He's done everything. He paid all the penalty. He met all the requirements. He's done everything for you and me, and no matter who you are or what you've done, to have the salvation is prepaid by Jesus. So, wherever you are, whoever you are, and whatever you've done, whatever you're guilty of, remember all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God, whatever you're guilty of, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to God. Because Jesus died for the sins of the world. He died for your sins and my sins and the next person and the next person and everybody else. And he has, he has a requirement. And that requirement is faith. The just shall live by faith. By grace you are saved through faith. Right? It's not his requirement to do all these, all these works and all this rigmarole and all this practice and all this stuff. That's not a requirement of sal for salvation. The requirement for salvation is that you trust him, that you believe him. You don't even have to make a list of all the terrible things you did in your life. Right? What you have to do is acknowledge that you've done something, that you're a sinner, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved today just for the asking. Because of the work of Jesus. Because of what Christ has done, you can be saved today. You can have this free salvation, this prepaid salvation is yours. Just for the asking. And then, you know what happens? When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you start a new life. You start off new. Okay? You become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. You're going to look in the mirror and see the same person. Right? You know, that's going to be there. Right? And, and your personality may not change. 
okay? But but what happens is that your outlook will change. And your standing before the living God will change. The rest of the world doesn't know that won't maybe not even acknowledge it, but you're standing, you'll stand in righteousness before the living God. Because he gave you the righteousness. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I'm righteous because he gave me righteousness. I'm not righteous because of who I am or what I've done or the position that I'm in. I'm righteous because he gave it to me and he gives it to you. He gives it to anyone who stands before him in faith. And there's a judgment day coming, y'all. And on judgment day, I'm not going to be judged for my sins and my mistakes. And there's a lot of them. I'm going to be judged as a son of the living God. I'm going to be judged because of what Jesus has done for me. Um, he's going to, his blood has been applied to me, and that's how I'm going to be judged. And you know what? I, the most I have to be concerned about as far as judgment is my works after I've come to faith in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he has a remedy for that too. And I thank God. So listen. We want to we want to encourage you today. We want you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to take Pastor Faison's word for it. Look at the scriptures yourself if you need to. Right? See what it says. And see what the Lord has done for you and me. By grace are you saved through faith. And if you would just simply Admit that you have sinned. Ask the Lord to come into your life through prayer. He saves you. You do it in the faith, He saves you. Now, you, know, you may not have a, a, a lightning kind of experience. You may not shake and quake. That may not happen. It's not required either. What's required is that you believe God. Believe Him today. Believe on Jesus Christ receive the salvation that he's already provided. He's already accepted you and waiting for you to come. He's drawing you. He's drawing you by his spirit. Jesus said, as the serpent was lifted in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all people unto me. Jesus is drawing everybody unto him. Now, you may not feel it, you may not recognize it, but he's drawing you. And if you're under the sound of my voice, he's definitely drawing you today.
Some of us have the gift of perception and we can't even, because we perceive before the conversation is done, we're checking people. And the Lord didn't give you that gift for that. The Lord gave you that so you would know and understand how you are supposed to behave yourself and how you respond and don't lose focus. I'm letting you see what's going on so you can continue to be and do what I've called you to do. Be who you're supposed to be. And I'm like, wow, Lord. The prize that was set before him. There's a prize set before us. And what does that prize cause you to do? Does it make you humble yourself? Does it make you take the ridicule and the shame? We can't talk about him rising from the dead if we don't look at what he went through. You can't look at resurrection without uh, talking about Calvary. And you can't talk about Calvary without dealing with the fact that he was misaccused and he was uh, arrested and he was ridiculed. And as Pastor said, um, it, it might have been, I don't know if it was in Bible study or recently, the same people, last week, the same people that said, uh, Hosanna in the highest, turned around and said, crucify him. Because he disappointed them. What do we do when Jesus disappoints us? We don't want to be that people. We want to not lose focus up here. Not what we do outwardly, but up in our, our mind and our hearts. He, he said, um, the Lord looks for such that will worship him, right? When he was talking uh, to the woman at the well, and she was uh, excited, and she knew about the Messiah. You're saying you're him, and she was trying to, uh, to reconcile the conversation she was having, but religion was getting in the way. You know, she knew of him from a religious perspective. And she said, I know this, and I know that, and this and that. And he said, mm-mm. That's not this. Gee, the relationship with Jesus is one of worship in spirit and in truth. It's inwardly. It's what goes on in your mind. So when we talk about perspective, Jesus had to stay focused up here. And we have to stay focused up here, saints. Don't lose focus. Because you're going the way of the cross. The mothers used to say, you got to go the way of the cross. Jesus said it's a suffering way. And this is what the resurrection, the redemption, he suffered, bled, and died. Right? You've seen that, Sister Karen. He suffered, bled, and died. So we have life. So stay focused. Don't lose perspective. Stay humble. Be encouraged by what Jesus did and what he called you to do and the fact that he's risen. We serve a risen Savior. I was thinking of the pageantry and, and I'm, I'm 
Gonna sit down. But the pageantry we go through, and the children went through, and what I went through, and the songs, they get embedded in your spirit. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is risen. No matter what men say, I see His hands of mercy, right? I hear His voice of cheer. And when I need him, he's always near because he lives. He lives, saints. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me. He talks with me. No matter what people say today, he lives. And know he lives in you. Amen. Be blessed. Be blessed, people of God. Because you're serving the true and the living God. God bless you. Amen. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.